Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good evening, and welcome to Fomanathon on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm Mary Izette. And I'm Chris Kuzmi. And we're your hosts through this weekly journey of all things fermented. Archived on iTunes, Stitcher, and right here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. All right. So we, we're, <laughs> we're happy to be back on this Monday, April 21st. The first yes. Monday of the first New York City Queens Beer Week. That's true. Which we'll talk about more later. Absolutely. What else is going on, Mary? <laughs> We have a couple of exciting events. So first up is um, there is a, as part of the food book fair at the Wythe Hotel this weekend, Chris and I are pouring our beers as well as one of our very special guests tonight as part of a pop-up brew pub. So this is organized by Eric Steen and uh, it's going to be on April 27th. So that's Sunday at the Wythe Hotel in Williamsburg. There's two sessions. There's going to be, I think, 25 homebrewers pouring some really super exciting beers, everything from a bourbon barrel-aged American brown ale to a Berliner Weiss. I think there's a sweet potato beer. There's all kinds of beers. Anyway, there's two sessions. There's one from 2 to 5 p.m. and one from 6 to 9 p.m. So tickets are still available, although they're going fast. So just Google. Well, we could put throw it up on Twitter. Um, otherwise, just Google Food Book Fair Brew Pub. It's going to be Sunday, April 27th. Oh, the second. Oh, yeah. The second. Okay. Is this excellent fermenting event called Ferment Ferment. It's organized by Zach Schulman. It is also on Sunday. It's hard, but you can actually do both of them. So this is an event that's at 4 p.m. It's at the Brooklyn Free School on Clinton Avenue, again in Brooklyn. And it's basically an open fermenting event. So if you ferment, you are welcome to bring what you make. Everybody will put their stuff out on the table. There's going to be free workshops. There will be culture swaps. It's super, super fun. It's really donation-based, and you will learn a lot. So I would actually encourage you to do both of them. You're saying I could go to the book fair at 2 and then leave around 4 and go to the ferment ferment? Yep. Or I could start at the Ferment Ferment and then go to the book fair and still have a good time. Yes. We will That's be at both of them, that actually. That is a bargain for me. <laughs> and I'll be doing that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's really an exciting fermenting Sunday in Brooklyn. Honestly, if you live in New York City and you are interested in fermentation or fermented beverages or fermented foods, like you should be excited about this Sunday, honestly. It's the Ferment Ferment event. I mean, we had everything from sweet potato fly to tapache to homemade... Um, uh, crazy cheeses to naan to pistachio cheese or the uh, cashew cheese. Yes, those Nuts. were awesome. awesome. So amazing things. And then the last time that we had Eric on our show last week, last time we did this pop up pub, again, amazing beers, just fantastic camaraderie. So, yes, definitely do both of them. All right, I'm done. done. Don't miss out on Sunday. Don't miss out. Sunday's fun. But before Sunday, a bunch of stuff is going on. It's Queen's Beer Week. There's lots of stuff. And our friends in the studio today are from Queens, from. Uh, Big Alice Brewing Company, Robert Crafton. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Welcome studio. To- well, you're not all who we have it here. Who do we have it here? Oh, we- Hi, I'm Dipti. Dipti yeah. and Corey. Yep, and I'm Corey. Corey, fantastic. So, Robert, you're 
one of the founders and the brewer for Big Alice Brewing Company. Uh, and who are these guys? So these are two of our <laughs> interns. Um, we may be the smallest brewery in the city and maybe the state, but we probably have more interns than anybody else. <laughs> Not to mention some of the reason. biggest beers, too. <laughs> some of the big, yeah, biggest beers. That's why big I'm, beers and big intern numbers. Big, big intern, <laughs> yeah. How, how big is your brewery? What is Big Alice? What's the name? Let's, let's, we were starting in the beginning. I, it's hard because we know each other so well to, to kind of get back to basics for people who don't on the, on the line. So let's just start at the beginning. You don't know me. I don't know you. That's a lot of questions. <laughs> <laughs> who are you? Why are you? Well, um, Big Alice, let's start there. It yeah. doesn't have a whole lot to do with us, um, but Big Alice is actually the power plant in Long Island City. Uh, most people know it as those red and white striped smokestacks mm-hmm. um, that you can see from Manhattan. And it's just a local landmark for us. You know, every time we've been working in the neighborhood for, depending on which partner of the brewery you're talking about, anywhere from 10 years to a couple of decades. And um, so every time we'd have relatives come to town or whatever it is, we'd always point to those smokestacks and say, yeah, yeah, that's where we work. Um, and as we were developing brewery names, which is an arduous process for <laughs> those who haven't done it before, um, we came up with a lot of bad ones, and we kind of pointed at that thing and said, oh, what's, what's that called? And that ended up being Big Alice, so that's where we got the name from. But you're not spelt the same way, is that correct? We're not. Um, there's a couple reasons. One is that... <laughs> We live in a litigious society. <laughs> yep. So even though it's just a nickname for the, the generator there at the power plant, we thought that it might be wise to come up with a different spelling. Um, so we spelled it as you would normally spell Alice and not as Alice Chalmers and West Alice, Wisconsin are spelled. Um, as it turns out, we didn't know this at the time, but the name Alice contains L-I-C in it. Happens to be the initials of our neighborhood. Long Island City. So, yeah. so that worked out pretty <laughs> nicely. <laughs> yeah. So BigAliceBrewing.com is where we find a lot of information about that. I'm just jumping to that so you don't yep. go to Big A L L I S and find out power plant information and you know how to correct. Generate, you know, although it's probably some useful information. Yeah. We actually had the guys from uh, Big Alice, the ones that run the actual generator, come by for a private tasting really recently. Awesome. Yeah. It was so cool because they're in the neighborhood and they came by. They brought us a picture of, you know, that generator itself that isn't normally nice. <laughs> on view. So we have that in our tasting room now. and We can actually show people what it is. So the people in charge of our electricity or our power, they're all just hammered on Big Alice Brewing? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. So, so you guys have safe. a very unique brewery concept. So I, first of all, I met Robbie years ago at the Brooklyn Rod, which I does not sure exist anymore. I remember that. Of course I remember Aww. that. I made Amazaki for that. You were making crazy sourdoughs yeah. and beer. I think we were both making beer at that time. I was making a little bit of beer, but it was mostly like sauerkraut and some cheeses yep. and uh, I was making kvass and... Basically, I was going through the wild fermentation book by <laughs> Sander Katz and just making one page after the next. When did you got you decide to do Big Alice? And you're not you're you're one half of the well, one third, one, one third. technically Sorry, one third. a yeah. third. Yeah. Who are the others? Uh, so there's Kyle Hurst. Um, he's my brewing partner and basically the only guy that I've ever homebrewed with. Mm-hmm. He's been homebrewing since. 
I don't know. I guess before I was born. I'm not sure how old he is. <laughs> but, um, he's timeless. Kyle is timeless. Yeah. He's chilling in Florida. He's, he's been drinking before it was allowed and, <laughs> and brewing just about as long. He was raised in Wisconsin, and um, they're born with a, a beer bottle in their hands out there. So, And you came up with the concept to do Big Alice to go to go the go when? To go the go? To go the go. Yeah. Well, you guys have a very unique concept to your brewery. I mean, a co- like an obvious... A good brewing plan. So you make very unique one-off beers. We do. So, so talk about that because so, you do stuff that no one else does. I do want to mention that we area. have a third partner, Scott Berger. Yeah. Um, and we're all pseudo-related, so it's kind of a family, kind of a family uh, team. But yeah, so we do all one-off ales. Um, we're brewing on a Sapco Brew Magic, so everything's ten gallons and. Basically, when you're making that little beer uh, per batch, it doesn't matter how much time you spend brewing or how often you brew or whatever, you're just not going to make very much. So there's no sense in making a Pilsner or an IPA or a Pale Ale because you can brew all day long every day and you're still not going to have any beer at the end of it. So instead, we decided to really focus on making the kind of most unique specialists uh ales that we could and we kind of came by that for a few different reasons but essentially you know that's what we like to drink so you know every time we go to the store we're looking for that one special bottle that we haven't seen before that new thing that just came out and we thought hey wouldn't it be great if that's just what we brewed if we just did the thing that every other brewery does once a year for fun um over and over again. So I've brewed about 120 different beers now. Since you started in January of last year. (laughs) So um, it's all new stuff all the time. We're getting about 45 bottles per batch. They're all packaged in champagne bottles, corked with corks rated for 10 years, hand-tied hemp cords, uh, bottle re-fermented. Everything takes about three three months to uh, come to market. So we really take our time. Um, we're basically putting as much of everything as we possibly can into every beer. Where do these bottles go? They don't go very far. <laughs> That's another unique thing about you yeah. guys. Yeah, so we do have a nice CSB program, which is a community-supported brewery. And that's a program where people from the neighborhood who you know, can kind of wander over on a Friday night, um, it's available to them to come and pick up a couple of bottles so people sign up ahead of time and they say oh, i want x number of bottles per month and then when they stop by they pick out whatever they want um, that way they have the beer waiting for them and it's ready to go and we get to know our neighbors which is really nice because we don't have enough beer to supply more than that anyway um so that's been been going really nice for us um other than that we're not really available anywhere outside of the brewery for the most part. We're only open two and a half hours a week. It's just Fridays from 5 to 7.30. We'd like to be open more, but we don't have any more beer than that. Um, and then beyond that, like the Queen's Kickshaw is a big supporter, so they'll regularly have bottles available for um, purchase by the glass. And we just picked up a new wholesale account for Queen's Beer Week a restaurant in Astoria. And then Jimmy, of course, at Jimmy's number 43, mm-hmm. 
has us along with every new great brewery <laughs> that you can think of. You mentioned Queen's Beer Week. What is Queen's Beer Week? So Queen's Beer Week is new this year, and we're all very excited about it. Yeah. Um, Queen's is a brewery. Didn't have oh, Queen's is a brewery. Queen's, is Queen's a should be a brewery. <laughs> there is a Queen's brewery, but yeah. Queen's yeah. is a borough. Queen's yeah. is a borough. Uh, actually, had no breweries a couple years ago. So the idea of a, a Queen's Beer Week would have been pretty ridiculous in even the most recent memory. But now uh, I think we have more breweries than any other borough. Absolutely, and yeah. especially, and <laughs> yeah, especially since we had. Transmitter open on Saturday, yep. and we got a bunch more in planning. Um, so, since we have all these breweries, it just became time where Queens needed its own Queens Beer Week, and uh, it's really been great so far to see the the camaraderie. I mean, now we have three breweries in Long Island City, and it's really becoming a beer destination where people are out and walking around from brewery to brewery. Like, I can't tell you how many people came to our open house on Saturday and said. Oh, yeah, we were at Transmitter earlier, and then we walked over to Rockaway, and then we came to stop by and see you guys. And then they all ended up at Single Cut in the story at the end of the night. (laughs) That was a pretty awesome opening event and a lot of really great things happening. You can go to queensbeerweek.com and find out other events going on, I believe. Yeah, there's events all week long. So let's talk about, so kind of what we have not mentioned so much is that you make some very, very unique beers. So let's talk about some of your some of the beers that you've made in your 120. How many? It's exactly 120. 120 nice. batches. So these are not, as he kind of shadowed before, these are not 120 normal beers. So let's right. talk about some of the outstanding beers that you remember. Some of the things, some of your favorites and your influences. <laughs> so we take kind of a a wider view of beer. Um, to us, it's not just those standard styles of Pilsner, Pale Ale, Porter, IPA, Stout, etc. Um, you know, just kind of looking back towards history and saying that kind of anything and everything was fermented at different points, and really hops haven't even been that standard for very long. So when we're coming up with recipes, uh, we're kind of all over the place, and and basically it's just been a labor of love to sit down every month and come up with eight new recipes. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we get inspiration from all different places. Um, we do a lot of beers with coffee, with tea, with hot peppers, with herbs, spices, produce. Mushrooms. Um, mushrooms mm-hmm. have shown up, I think, more than once now. <laughs> I think she's... We're pinging you to talk about brewing with mushrooms (laughs) in the second segment, I think. Yeah. So um, it's all new all the time, and uh, we've definitely started to kind of, which isn't to say, like, it's just completely all over the place. We do have kind of, you know, a standard format within which we work, and we are getting better and better at at what we do, which is an actual thing. Yeah. so most of our beers are, are higher in alcohol, um, and basically that just comes from using more grain. So we buy, you know, it's such a small system that in order to buy things in a large enough quantity that we can buy them at a decent price, um, we just end up with a lot of everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I kind of 
order all my ingredients, either from the Brooklyn Homebrew Shop or wherever it is, and then I divide them across the number of batches that I'm doing that month. Um, so how, we're looking... How many batches do you a month? We're at eight batches a month right now, um, sometimes ten. It depends. We have a new conical, so... It's exciting. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, once we have those kind of base recipes worked out, like, we'll have a starting point. I think, for me, the thing I've been realizing recently is that pretty much everything we do is, like, a barley wine of one variety of another, but it's kind of boring boring to have, like, ten barley wines on the board every single month. (laughs) So, uh, we end up referring more to, like, the original base style that we started from. You know, so we are going to start from, like, the idea of, like, an IPA or a porter or whatever it is. But then we'll double or triple that, and then we'll, you know, layer in some other ingredient from the farmer's market or, um, you know, the tea aisle or the spice aisle or whatever it is that we haven't used before. So Awesome. And well, on that note, we're, we're going to go to break. break. <laughs> Forget about <laughs> it. <laughs> Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Are you a locavore? Our Northeast regional forager for Whole Foods Market sure is. She spends her time traveling around the New York City metro area sourcing the best new or interesting artisanal and handcrafted local products for our purchasing teams at the local store level. Part of our commitment to our local suppliers includes assisting them with the process of getting their products sold at our stores. Whether it's suggesting packaging designs, pricing, or distribution methods, she's helping some of the area's best new products reach savvy shoppers at Whole Foods Market stores. Today, New York. Tomorrow, the world. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Welcome back to Foment About It on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Uh, enough about you, Robbie. Let's talk <laughs> about your interest. Corey and Dipti, how are you guys? You guys are home brewers from back, or at least Corey is. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, as you said, I actually have a blog too, uh, Brave Brew World, but I'm um, getting ready for the uh, food book fair coming up next Sunday. You're already giving a nice little plug. I got a smoke saison that 
I prepared for that. So if uh, anyone out there is considering, I definitely suggest stopping by. Have you made smoked saisons before? Uh, I have not, actually. This is my first time. Uh, had a little bit of help with Rob, uh, from Robbie coming up with the recipe, but uh, picked up some Valley Malt, Valley Malt local uh, upstate New York. Uh, hey, have some Andrea. Cher- yeah, hey, some ch- yeah, we had her. Cherry wood smoked malt. Uh, and uh, just threw a bunch of leafy green uh, hops in. So uh, looking forward to it. That's very exciting. Uh, so have you tasted it yet? You, uh, yeah, I gave it a little it? sip uh, when we were bottling it. And uh, it's got a nice little smokiness to it. So I'm pretty excited to see. Uh, it's going to come out to somewhere just south of 10%. So that's definitely Robbie's influence yeah, coming okay. in there. <laughs> so as a home brewer and coming to intern at, at Big Alice Brewing Company, you know, you come, you got a different, you got a certain perspective of, of things and you know what has been the most shocking or impressive or like influential technique hitting hitting big alice uh i think influential is pretty accurate um mm-hmm. especially since as we already went into robbie was mentioning the size of the system um it's somewhere in between large scale home brewing and small scale micro brewing or nano brewing i guess is the appropriate term mm-hmm. but i i think that it's been a really key um piece of my brewing education sort of fitting somewhere in between you know if I do want to go forward with brewing and uh, make a profession out of it it's definitely something that's given me this sort of connection between home brewing and professional brewing right right so um, I'm going to interrupt this because you just poured us a beer (laughs) so what what are we drinking here because you didn't actually mention a specific beer (laughs) which I think is we so are a mess. speaks to uh, what happens is that we've got all different beers all the time. Right. So people ask me what my favorite is. I want to know your favorite. I just want to know, you know, I try to have like a favorite from each of the available beers. Um, but this beer in particular. So basically we're experimenting all the time um, when you're doing all one off beers. You know, you kind of got to go for it. And interestingly enough, like. We kind of went for the most beer nerdiest brewery that we could do. And Which is awesome. A lot of our customers aren't even like beer drinkers. <laughs> you know, yep. they're local foodies or people that like want to know where their food came from, who made it. And they live in our neighborhood and they stop by and they say hi and they bring their kids and they bring their dogs. And, you know, they want to have a relationship uh, with us, which is amazing. And... The fact that they're not beer drinkers kind of works out interestingly just because a lot of our beer wouldn't be traditionally considered beer if you were German or English or any of those other uh, traditional beer cultures. So we are drinking the Parsley Duck Wheat Ale. So tell us a little bit about this. Yeah, so like I said, every time we (laughs) sit down and come up with new recipes... We're always trying to think of that thing that we haven't brewed with before. Um, And people do tell us, oh, well, what's your favorite? And why don't you just brew that one over and over again? And the answer is that we've come up with some amazing beers and some beers that were interesting and good and, you know, kind of all over the map. And um, the thing is, if we don't keep brewing new things, we won't find those other beers that are great that we never made before, you know, in the first place. So even if there's a great beer, we uh, we like to move on and keep trying new stuff. So this is one that came out somewhere on the interesting scale. It's definitely not like anything I've had before. I would agree. Well, I wouldn't. So I was trying to, when I first smelled this before I saw the label, I was like, wow, what is that? 
but it definitely is parsley. Yeah, so it's parsley, and somehow the uh, the malt bill that I used has like a really nutty richness to it. Yeah, or even kind of like a jelly, like a like a Belgian dark strong jelly kind of thing, which I like actually. Yeah, I think this is really de- quite delightful. Yeah, it but is. parsley, right? Parsley is always a finishing so, herb. I mean, so how did you use the parsley? So I think. It works well. So we use the parsley much like you'd use aroma hops. We put it right in at the end of the boil. Mm-hmm. Um, the trick with heat being, is off. Yeah, the trick with being as small as we are is that we're not at the brewery every day. Um, basically, I brew four or five days in a row, um, and I fill up all my fermenters. I have eight to ten sets depending on the month, and. Um, then once it's done, I go home for a couple of weeks. Um, so basically, you know, we kind of spend a week preparing for brewing. We spend a week brewing, spend a week recovering from brewing, a week of productive time forming relationships and sampling the beer and that stuff. And then we're back to preparing for brewing again. Where do where does Corey and Dipti come in? Yep. They come in during the brewing. <laughs> uh, so tell us about yourself. So I'm basically a microbiologist. Okay. Yeah, who used to work at a brewery in India. And I I moved here just about seven months ago, and I got in touch with Big Alice, and Robbie got back in touch and said, sure, you can come and help out. And I just went there, and... I said it just like that. Sure, you can come and help out. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so it's been a great experience so far, and... Yeah. So this is the quality control department? So how does that contrast to your experience before? Um... It's definitely different. Like, <laughs> I think that's the understatement of the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is what, what was it yeah. like in India at the brewery in India? Okay, so we basically um, used to we had a fixed system where we were finalizing our recipes, and we we didn't have any one-off bills. So we were very particular about what went into every bill. So quality control. Was yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a microbiologist does that so yeah yeah so that's when i found it really different from what i used to do and um, it's a good learning experience i think awesome yeah we do so much of everything that the home brewers that come by are constantly exposed to new stuff and it's been kind of cool because a lot of them don't have all that much experience some of them do but some of them don't and Mm -hmm. so just to have that fresh perspective on brewing also brings a lot to us like they ask me questions that I would have never even thought <laughs> were questions, and it really gets me thinking about the process. And I have to go back and you know re-research things and make sure that like I'm really up to snuff on basics. Being the, the mentor you, yeah. I will say he does always sound pretty sure when he's giving me answers. So. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I practice the most. <laughs> sounding right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not being right. Sounding right. <laughs> that's amazing. So Corey has big has your experience. Ex- you know, I mean, otherwise. Other than you said, you know, you've never done a smoke saison before. Have you had other inspiration from them? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that every time I walk through those doors, there's something new or inspiring <laughs> going on. I remember walking in there the, the first day, uh, there was a banana habanero beer. Awesome. And that one kind of just floored me. I was like, well, I can't even fathom this right now. But uh, no, there's it's, it's definitely inspiring. Um, like I said, there, it's always a new challenge. Um, I don't, I don't know how he thinks of these recipes. Uh, I usually try to pest him about them, and he comes up with some really modest response. So I want to know the modest response as to how do you use banana in your beer? <laughs> Where did you put the banana in? 
Did you mash it? Did you put it? <laughs> what happened with the banana? Well, a while back I made a sun-dried tomato chipotle chocolate nib beer. And I didn't realize that tomatoes actually contain quite a bit of pectin. Mm-hmm. So I might have thrown them in the boil and might have set some of the pectin and might have had a super thick, Luxurious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was uh, crazy thick and weird. And people loved it because, I mean, frankly, it's a tomato, chocolate, chipotle beer. And, like, who's not going to get excited about that? It's a Bloody Mary beer. And I'd say that's probably one of the luxuries also is with all my questions. Robbie's been through a lot being that he's <laughs> tried this whole smorgasbord of ingredients so usually if i have a question about it's definitely something a lot more simple than what he's been used to but uh, he usually has a pretty clear-cut answer yeah so for that you learned pectins and how about when it came to banana so that well so what i realized was that you have to be super careful with a lot of this produce that like you're not familiar with that it does have pectins and if you boil it you're probably going to set those pectins and your beer is probably going to have like the body of a mac truck which is not cool. Sexy. So <laughs> you got to be careful. You got to start your chilling process on your beer before you add some of these things. Oh, yeah. Bring your beer down to a good safe level, then introduce the fruit. It's got to be hot enough to sanitize the fruit, but low enough so that you're not setting the pectins. Um, have you ever used pectinase or anything? I have not. I haven't either. I'm always curious about that. Yeah, you know, it seems like like, it seems like it would solve some of my problems, but it also seems like if I just did it right in the first place, I wouldn't need it. Um, So a lot of things now, I'm actually simmering in a separate pot on a separate burner, and I'm adding them to the fermenter before I put the beer in, so that by Mm -hmm. the time the cool wort hits all that fruit, it cools it down nice and good. You're keeping your aroma. And I don't have to worry about any pectins getting set. So uh, I blended up the bananas, got them nice and slurry-like so that the the yeast could really get all over them. And uh, I just heated them moderately um, and added them to the fermenter. I will say that that was the craziest fermentation we have ever had. And so we used 15.5-gallon fermenters, modified kegs. And we put 10 gallons into that keg. And five gallons of it jumped out, which was pretty annoying, as was all over the floor of the walk-in and disgusting. Um, And we only ended up with, like, 20 bottles of that one. But when that happens, those go to the CSB members first. And they were, like, five gallons of super delicious beer, but I made 10 gallons, (laughs) and five ended up on the floor. Um, so bananas can be definitely a little tricky uh, for those of you out there thinking about it. I am currently, I put it out there, I'm currently thinking about that. I want to make a banana hefeweizen, or a banana, even though there's already banana in some of that, but I want to do a, a that. Our beer is still on, by the way. It's still rolling. The Big yeah. Alasaka Holiday. We did a collaboration, and it is a graph. What is a graph? A graph? you answer these questions. <laughs> I don't think a graph really exists. <laughs> it does right it now. Does, it does. But <laughs> if it did exist outside of the world of fiction, then it would be a hybrid beer cider. Where in fiction did it first come out? Or uh, appear? 
I'm not that nerdy. <laughs> oh, well, I heard. Well, you're, you're, you're our friend Kyle Hurst, who couldn't join us today. He says it started, 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 he vacation. said it was like some J.R.R. Tolkien kind of thing. That's what he something. said? That's what he said. I don't know. Of course, it was, you know, it does sound we've been drinking a little bit. Tolkien. But uh, I believe it. He said it. I believe He said it like, like he knew what he was talking about. See, that's the most important thing about <laughs> yeah. brewing. It's a lot of accidents and a lot of covering it up. But the beer is really good and it's really fun to have that. I mean, the body is, is lighter than a normal beer because the, the, the cider kind of, or the cider nature, that fermented out a lot, a lot of the sugars. Um, it's a really cool and a fun beer. And thanks for bringing it to the table. That's yeah. I have to say about that. But also, you, uh, the CSB, if, uh, is there any more room in the CSB? Do you guys do this on an annual basis? How long is a membership and uh, what happens there? So it's a semi annual membership. Um, so we run it calendar year. January to June, July to December, uh, which means right now it's currently closed, but it's going to open back up for sales in June for the second half of the year. That's very exciting. You got to get, so you, you have to sign up on your mailing list, right, to find out when that comes about first? You can. If you sign up, well, yeah. so we don't send out that many emails for a mailing list. But you list. do, but I always get the CSB emails, I would yes. say. I mean, yeah. Those are probably the only ones we send out. Right. Um, but we're always on Twitter and Facebook with all of our latest developments. So that's a good place to follow us. Um, and basically at this point, if you come in any Friday from five to seven thirty in June, uh, you can pick up a CSB membership. Uh, we are working with some actual CSAs. So we're working with the LIC CSA, uh, Astoria, Sunnyside. So we're going to see how those do. Um, if we sell kind of an extra lot of those, then we might sell a few less out of the brewery, but it's all still fairly fluid and flexible. We are, after all, a very small company, and uh, things change on a regular basis. <laughs> so what else? Do you guys have any other events for Queen's Beer Week? We do. Um, most of them are, however, sold out, which was kind of sad for me. I went to promote them all a few weeks ago, and they were all sold out pretty much right when they went on well, sale. Well, tell us what they are anyway. I want to know so I can be jealous. So let's see. This week we have a field trip from the Brooklyn Brainery. That's yep. going to be Thursday night. Um, I think it's sold out, but, you know. You Get on a wait list. There's probably a wait list, a wait just list. in case. Yeah. Um, Friday, we're going to be at the Five Borough Festival. We'll see you there. We're serving yep. beer there as Chris well. is also serving beer there. Excellent. No, I'm not from Queens. The first craft beer festival in Long Island City. Um, there are still tickets to that one, so that would be one that you could yeah. definitely Yeah, and that'll out. be great. I think there's going to be a lot of good beer breweries there. We're going to serve our... Uh, Blackberry Burlesque. Blackberry yep. Berlin Vice. 2.9%. Delicious. Pillow talk number three. You know. We're going to go as the well opposite as... way on that. <laughs> that's, that's exactly why, right these, why this position. is going to be right awesome. You. Yeah, you can be on one side. Finback's going to be on the other yes. side. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Uh, yeah, so 2.9% probably for our beers plus about 10. Uh, I think we're going to have a double smoked brown ale and a... Uh, what is it? Rye, oat, and cherry pepper stout. Nice. It's pretty spicy and delicious. And um, they're both on cask because everything we do is naturally carbonated. Right. Um, and so when we do these big events, we always bring a couple of pins with us. Cool. Uh, so then Saturday, we have a Josh Bernstein tour, uh, homebrew to probrew. They're going to get behind the scenes at all three LIC breweries. And see what it's like to start your own brewery as a home brewer. 
Uh, it's not as pretty as it seems <laughs> on the surface, but everybody who goes on the tour will figure that out. Um, then we have an Urban Oyster NYC tour. I think a private tour. You can actually book them out for your entire group if you can fill up the whole thing. Cool. And then when that's done, we're going to head over to Finback for their grand opening of their tasting room, their open house. That's on Saturday, right? Yeah. Again, I think that one's sold out. But, you know, if you show up outside the door, maybe maybe they'll let you in because they have a really big space. And uh, they're good guys. They're very nice. Very polite. With that, we have to be. Yeah, we have to wrap up. But thank you, Robbie and Corey. Dipti. Dipti. And we look forward to seeing you. Well, we'll definitely see you Friday night. But if you can get, I mean, if <laughs> you guys like, out that there. That was Mary's awesome affirming nod. Um, yes. As, of, of, like, of, I'm of so happy to Robbie be here. Awesome. Yeah. I've never felt a warmer feeling <laughs> <laughs> in my body. If, if you all out there can get your hands on some big Alice beer, I really strongly encourage you. Honestly, Otherwise, there's only 20 bottles left in our walk-in right now because <laughs> Queen's Beer Week is totally. So first 20, get over there now. Foment about it. Thanks for listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Foment about it. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Like a red-eyed wild stout.